They talking all of this madness, talking all of this madness, talking all of this madness. They Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Matt Madness Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host for tonight, Alo Aaron Lloyd. This week's episode is going to be all about Clash of Champions, previewing the show. But first, as always, subscribe on all podcast platforms, iTunes, Google Play, Podbean, and Stitcher. Head over to whatamaneuver.net for your Matt Madness merch. And head over to Ringside Collectibles and use promo code MMADNESS to save 10% off your order. So, uh, before we get into Clash of Champions, there's a few things I want to talk about from the weekly product. Uh, <laughs> Retribution. <laughs> um, now... I was giving this a chance because we've seen the past when you find out who's in the group and it becomes better than what it actually be, actually is because this has completely been terrible ever since. So I was giving it a chance. And, and, what the fuck? Like, uh, like, <laughs> the department is called Creative for a reason. So, like, what the hell are these names? We got T-Bar, who is Donovan Djokovic, Slapjack, who's Shane Thorne, uh, Mace, great name, by the way. Shout out to Murder Mace, by the way. But he's Dio Madden, Mercedes, Mercedes Martinez, and Mia Yim, who are reportedly going to be retaliation and reckoning. And, like, if you guys ever seen Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, because when I hear T-Bar, this is what I think of. I'm going to put the clip in right now. You see, that's what I think of. <laughs> I think of Rocket blasting Taser Face and going to the galaxy. Because this is completely terrible. Uh, so then T-Bar is talking. I can't help but to think about that scene. And basically, like the only person that really has a, a reason for being upset and looking for retribution, quote-unquote, is Dio Madden. Because Dio Madden was supposed to be on commentary on Raw. And basically, ever since then, we haven't seen him. And there was an explanation why he was replaced from Raw. So... That, that's the situation with that. And the best ones in this group are ready for me, even though I like Donovan Djokovic, former friend of the show, is me, the only one that like, I find personally the best in the group are already Mia Yim and Mercedes Martinez. Mia Yim seems to be the mouthpiece for the group, but those are the two that actually see th- big things are going to be made of. And I'll get to that a little bit later in the show. And I also want to touch on the Mysterio family. Now, when Mysterio retires... He needs to consider a career as an agent because in negotiations, this man not only got his son on the main roster in a prominent spot, but he got his entire family on the show with actual lines and a part of weekly storylines. Now, I am over when I see the family come outside. And I think it's been a bit overkill, but I also I can't help but to enjoy when Dominic has matches. I think he's really exceeded all expectations. Seth Rollins has been on another level on the mic. I love on Raw when he told Aaliyah, that Ray wasn't her dad, and I really hope the outcome is that he, Seth says, Aaliyah, I'm your father. I really want that to be the outcome in this whole situation. But, um, and, like, the 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 way Seth act so, like, apologetic after what he did, like, I just wanted, I didn't mean to do any wrong. I, I thought it was great. And I can't say enough about Seth Rollins this year. This few with the Mysterio family, it has had its high points, has, it's had its low points, but the interesting thing about this feud is also his situation with Murphy culminating pretty soon because at some point Murphy's finally going to get enough have enough of Seth and actually they're going to actually have their final blow off and I thought 
we would have had them win the, the number one contenders tag match on Raw Monday night. So that story can kind of continue. And a tag team championship match, which is seemed important, but we didn't get that. So it's going to progress in another way. But you have to think Seth and Murphy are going to culminate pretty soon and possibly have a match at Hell in a Cell because Seth's going to go away soon because I believe Becky should be due sometime in maybe December, late November, early December, because her and Angel are only a few weeks apart. And Murphy should be the one on top ending this chapter for him. And I'm actually looking forward to the match I think the story is a built-in, has a really built-in story. It's been, <clears throat> it's had a lot of longevity, even though Murphy has been aligned with Seth. The story has a lot of longevity to it. And this is definitely a rivalry of the year with Murphy and Mysterio because of all the layers that it's thrown, even though it hasn't really been much of a rivalry yet. But the story that they set up through the time, throughout the year, is actually was progressing this story and is going to make Murphy look like a star at the end. So, Getting into Clash of Champions, the Universal Championship match, Roman Reigns defending his championship against Jey Uso. And I talked about this a few weeks ago. If you're still complaining about WWE storytelling, then you're just completely then you're just completely against them at this point because even though Jey Uso isn't a marquee name on the card for a singles match, the storytelling progression of this story has been actually perfect because we're trying to progress to see what Roman Reigns is going to be. Now, Roman Reigns did attack uh, Jey Uso on SmackDown last night to end the show, but I like the fact that throughout throughout the build, they've been teaming up, and Jay's also been so naive, like, yeah, we yeah we good at Usa, and they've been running tag team matches, and I also like the fact that they're actually making Jay look real strong in his, in, his ta- in his element as a tag team wrestler, and he's actually getting the wins for the most part, and he looks like a viable opponent for Roman, keeping him in his tag team element, dealing with King Corbin and Sheamus, and allegedly Roman is getting new theme music and a tie, and I hope we don't see it until Sunday, which we aren't because he came out to his Shield theme on SmackDown. But I hope the first time Jay sees this new Roman look, it's like, what the fuck is this? Who is this guy? And I'm also interested to see how the format of this match is actually going to go. And, uh, is it going to be a complete squash similar to Cody and Brody Lee a few weeks ago? Or what I prefer is for Jay to get his all his offense and all his signature moves and offense in quickly, including the splat, including the corner splash and then the Uso splash at the top rope. Roman kicks out and then Roman just completely destroys him. After that, cemented himself as a heel because I also said a few weeks ago when this match was actually booked that there's nothing more heelish and if you have any questions about Roman Reigns, there's nothing more heelish than actually destroying your family member. And I believe that Roman Reigns is going to retain the Universal title, and we'll get some more clarity on this new character for Roman Reigns. We have a WWE Championship on the line, Drew McIntyre versus Randy Orton in an ambulance match. I think this feud has lost a bit of steam because of the inclusion of Keith Lee, but I'm still looking forward to this match. I really enjoyed the SummerSlam match, the way they protected each other's finishers, and... The night after SummerSlam, Orton punted McIntyre three times, and McIntyre will retaliate a few weeks later with three Claymores to the face, causing similar to injury, similar injuries to Randy Orton. And uh, Randy Orton is still my superstar of the year, and I think he wins the title here. And down the road, I think McIntyre regains the title, possibly when they have fans again, to get his moment that he missed at WrestleMania. And the question for me coming out of this is, at cert- it might not be in the match, but... After this match on Raw Monday night and going forward, Keith Lee is going to be involved in it somehow. I don't think he gets involved in the match on Sunday, 
But I do think he will be in a title match at Hell in a Cell, whether it's a singles match with Orton or a triple threat with Orton, McIntyre, and, and Keith Lee himself. Because remember, Orton hasn't beaten Keith Lee yet. He's He won a triple threat match pinning Seth, but he hasn't pinned Keith Lee yet. And this is an ambulance match, so McIntyre wouldn't be pinned to lose the title. So... You can keep McIntyre strong by not having him take a pin in a triple threat and have Orton get his win back on Keith Lee. But I do think Keith Lee is going to be a part of the championship picture going into Hell in a Cell next month. And for this particular ambulance match, I'm going with Randy Orton to, to regain the WWE Championship. Next up, the SmackDown Women's title, uh, Bayley versus Nikki Cross. I think they did a great job throwing layers into this story because these two they haven't really you know crossed paths much yet during this during this particular instance even though they battled during the summer I thought it did a great job throwing the layers I've talked about that throughout the summer as well with WWE's layers with their women's division and Bailey gets rid of Sasha on the one way to the build up and Nikki is trying to get answers from Alexa Bliss and by the way, I think Alexa Bliss, like when she completely blacks out and when she hits Sister Abigail, I think it's completely awesome. Like she's going through a trance. Alexa Bliss is def- definitely WWE's best actresses. I, I think Alexa could, could possibly potentially have a career in movies. She's been so great. And I think Alexa ends up costing Nikki the title here. I think Nikki and Alexa possibly have a, confront- a confrontation leading into the match where Nikki mentions the, the fiend to her because whenever she hears the word fiend, Alexa kind of the Fiend word kind of triggers Alexa. So I'm looking forward to seeing that. And I think Alexa will end up causing Nikki the title. And we'll get our Alexa versus Nikki feud. And I think that's next up for those two. Then we have the Women's Tag Team Championships on the line. Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler defending against the Riot Squad. And I'm personally torn on what I think is going to happen here. Because I can see the Riot Squad winning. Because they're an actual team. And Nia and Shayna can't really stand each other. But this is where... Mercedes Martinez and me and you come into play because they're portrayed, they're portrayed as badasses the same level as Shayna and Nia. And I think that visual will actually be better for the feud. And even the Hurt Business can kind of enlist the services of Nia and Shayna since Retribution has two women. And I think Shayna and Nia are equivalent as badasses to Mercedes Martinez and Mia Yim. So I think that could actually be interesting because... I, I'm guessing that this is going to be some some big blow off at Survivor Series with Retribution in the Hurt Business. So I'm going to go with Nia and Shane retaining here, even though I can't see the Riot Squad actually winning. The Intercontinental Championship is on the line. Jeff Hardy defending his championship in a ladder match against Sami Zayn and AJ Styles. Both championships will be hanging, hanging from the ceiling. And Sami Zayn made his return um, the week after SummerSlam, and he claims that he's ne- he's still the Intercontinental Champion. He's never lost the title. And there's a clip with Cesaro Nakamura when he returned, which was pure gold. And they said, like, where have you been? And I highly recommend everybody watching it. Jeff made the challenge last week to a ladder match to try to finish this entire thing with all three, both both these guys. And AJ Styles this past week on SmackDown was the last one standing holding both. Intercontinental titles on SmackDown, and I'm looking forward to this match. I think it's going to be a really fun match. Sami Zayn, he has histories in ladder matches, not in WWE. We know AJ Styles can work on ladder matches. We know this is Jeff Hardy's element, so I'm really looking forward to this match. I really am, and I think this could actually be one of the matches of the night, and I'm going with Jeff Hardy to retain the Intercontinental Championship. Uh, A few quick hits, guys, for the Raw Women's title. 
Asuka is going to defend against Zelina Vega. I'm kind of upset this is on the pre-show because I really had high hopes for this. And I really like Zelina Vega in this spot because a lot of times you forget that she can actually wrestle. And and she actually ha- can carry a, this feud on the microphone. It just decides to continue. And I, I don't think she's really a threat to Asuka, but I just want to kind of see her the way she kind of weasels her way into this match and use her heel tactics to get one up on Asuka. And I'm interested to see that. And something I kind of want to piggyback on is uh, Asuka's interaction with Peyton Royce and Billy Kay backstage. Now, even though uh, the Iconics aren't together, Billy Kay was like, well, I can still support my friend. And Zelina, Peyton, and Billy are friends as well. So maybe keep a lookout for them on them potentially creating a stable. I'm interested to see that. The Raw Tag Team titles on the line. Street Profits going to defend against Andrade and Angel Garza for the millionth time. I have no idea why this keeps actually going on. At some point, maybe this is when Andrade and Angel Garza win the title to kind of get back on Zelina's good side because these two cannot agree on anything. So I'm interested. I'm interested to see where this goes. But I'm gonna go with the. I'm gonna go with Andrade and Angel Garza to re, um, to win the tag team titles because at some point they gotta win. At this point, because you keep because they they don't do anything. They look like shit. They don't do anything. And finally, the United States titles on the line. Bobby Lashley's on the field against Apollo. I'll go with Apollo. I mean, I'm, I'll go with Bobby Lashley to retain the IC t- the U.S. title. And I just want to give the shout out to the Hurt Business. The Hurt Business has been completely excellent. The complete visual of those guys walking down to the ramp with the suits, incredible. MVP calling everybody hoes. <laughs> it's amazing. I, I love the Hurt Business. MVP, he has definitely been a gem of 2020 for WWE. And I can't wait to see what is going forward for those for that whole unit right there. And next week's episode is going to be all about reviewing the Clash of Champions. The week after that is No Mercy 2008. Then Bound for Glory 2009. And closing out October is the Hell in a Cell review and preview show. So once again, make sure to subscribe on all podcast platforms, iTunes, Google Play, Podbean, and Stitcher. Head over to to whatamaneuver.net for your Matt Madness gear. And head over to Ringside Collectibles and use promo code MMADNESS to save 10% off your order. So that's it for the show tonight. I'm Alo Aaron Lloyd, and I will see you guys next week. Now then they hop on the top rope, by the land with this elbow. Got him now, put him down right now, hit him with the palm handle.